welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma, a space, a comfortable space where people come to share. You are going to hear personal stories of virtues, victories, challenges, setbacks, accomplishments, observations, and teachable moments, all rooted in spiritual principles. I'm Emma. Come on in. I've been waiting for you. Hi, folks. This is it. This is my first Just Folks Conversations with Emma broadcast podcast, and I'm chatting it up with piano maestro Brian Alston. You are going to love him, and you're going to thoroughly enjoy listening to our conversation. Well, hello and welcome, folks. Welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma. I'm Emma. And I'm just so excited today. Uh, I've had the very, very, very good fortune of meeting a young man who I have an indirect history with. His mom and I used to be teachers, educators in the same high school. And I used to hear about these, these little boys, this little, little young man named Brian, but I actually didn't get to put eyes on him. And now he's not such a little boy anymore. But I must say he is extremely talented and gifted. And, and uh, I'm really out of words when it comes to describing the kind of talent that Brian brings to the table. And he's so generous with it. Um, with no further interruptions from me, I just like to present Brian Alston. How are you, Brian? I'm very good, Emma. Nice, nice, nice for you to have me on here. I really appreciate this. Um, and uh, nice, nice to meet you. Very nice meeting you as well. Um, tell the audience a bit about you. How did you get started in music? Well, I, my first thought in music was generously uh, given to me by my parents. Uh, I was about five years old and they, one summer, summer of 1996, they decided to put me and my brother uh, in music lessons. I played piano, he played the trumpet and we started at the Nathan Carter School of Music. Back then it was called the New Shiloh School of Music because at the time Nathan Carter, which a lot of folks in Baltimore know that name and know it well. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, he started this, he helped to start him and his, and his brother, the Harold, the, the late uh, Dr. Harold A. Carter Sr. started this music school at the church. Mm -hmm. So I think it, it, had been barely, it was barely a year old when we started. And so, you know, they put us in lessons and that's where my start on the piano started. It was it was a rather simple, not, nothing, nothing, you know, terribly extraordinary. Uh, but they just started me on the lessons and, you know, it kind of, it, it kind of went from there. Well, uh, clearly the seed was planted and uh, just, just to clarify, um, Mr. Carter, your teacher, Dr. Carter was a, the choir director at the renowned world-renowned uh, Morgan State Choir. And uh, I think it branched out into a community choir as well because pr previous uh, um, members of the choirs, they graduated and moved on and out into the world, still came back to support the organization. So they toured worldwide and he was really a, a maestro, as you say, as you are. So um, having that exposure early in your life um, really set you on a path. What was it like for you? Well, um, 
I actually, I myself did not uh, work 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 with a have him as a as a as a choir as a choir director. My brother did because mm. you had because the older you know uh, you know because he was he's about five years older than I am. So at the time, mm-hmm. we go like in the ensemble uh, when mm. they were the choir ensemble as part of as part of the music school, and he worked and he, and he worked under him. Um, and you know, I, I, so I have more like anecdotal accounts, like from my, obviously mm-hmm. from my mom who was, mm-hmm. who was on that choir and how he would, yeah, mm-hmm. he truly was, you know, a maestro, you know, very, you know, just, just a masterful choral conductor, choral arranger. Um, mm-hmm. still there's, you know, one of his protégés, Marco Merrick, uh, the, 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 uh, he, he still, you know, uh, uh, performs like his arrangements and stuff. So he, he so he was he was just very talented in both things. Very uh, very meticulous. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very very particular in in uh, in how he wanted things and he went <laughs> and so. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, but yeah, he you know he just you know had all, all kinds of connections and so. Mm-hmm. So well, let let me ask you: um, Do you have any of those qualities? How meticulous are you? And the reason I bring that up is because of the quality of your work so you're smiling <laughs> yeah well yes i i can i i've been told that i am a i can be a bit of a perfectionist okay so now i i i like to you know my choir my church choir they often call me a taskmaster but i told mm. them look now i i often use carter as a reference i said look i am a teddy bear compared to him and some of the, some of, some of the others out there but mm. You know, but yeah, I I definitely kind of you know got some of that. Uh, so, so you have a lot of that, you know, uh, meticulous, you know, kind of you know, particularly in my in my own practice. I mean, I'm not as and sometimes I'm not even as meticulous as I need as I need to be, but mm. the desire is there to you know to you know kind of be that way because you know you just it it it, it all it all comes from a place of wanting to. Uh, express things as accurately and as and uh, you know and as much as you can and it's like you know you, the more detail you know the more you can hone in on the details you mm-hmm. know more, you know that that helps like the greater picture so we're kind of I think we're just always driven to to you know get something higher and sometimes we'll play something and people some people will love it and say oh that was so great but when I'm not thinking oh but I didn't get that right though oh, that wasn't quite mm-hmm. <laughs> but that that brings up another question for me with with what's your intention is your intention as you're presenting these pieces not necessarily with the choirs although we can talk about that but with you personally when you're playing something and you have practiced it and you know every single note and you you know you have just really mastered this piece what's your intention are you expressing what you think the composer intended or are you coming to it from a place of your own interpretation it's both. It's both. Okay. Okay. Because the composer, they they set they kind of set the stage because there there is it's kind of like the uh, the composer you know kind of makes the the bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. And, they, and they kind of set the stage. Mm-hmm. Now, how exactly you want to go about making the picture? That's where uh, the interpretation comes in. You see, and that interpretation it can be objective and subjective at the same time. What uh, do you mean by that? In that, 
you know, in other words, you could you could say that okay, if a, if the composer wrote forte here, uh, and if he wrote for Samuel here, then yes, you know, you don't de you know that's like that's like a most the most important thing. It's like, All right now, explain explain those terms. I'm sorry. Yeah. So so I was just throwing those in there for something for uh, for Sando was basically it's a type of dynamic, like okay. forte meaning loud, piano meaning soft. But you know, so and, and so forzando is that when you want something to be loud, just very subtle. It's like the da dum da dum da dum da. Right. So if you see that, for example, you say, okay, you have to you have to hit that because you know you because that's what the composer wanted. Okay. Now mm -hmm. but even within that there's a certain parameter, right? Because within that you say, okay, well how much do you want to accent? You want to go the da da or the da da you see that right. way interpretation comes. So it's a very uh it, it's not a really set line about between which you know because it, it's because there's a there is a almost like an honoring of the composer that's required. Mm -hmm. to maintain the core the spirit of the of of the past of, of any given passage of their music mm -hmm. but then there is also room for you to you know to you know kind of express so you know if because it's not like you could if you because if you ever look at a piece of music um you don't see say you may see one dynamic marking so they may say loud forte right but mm -hmm. you won't see a whole lot, you may not see another dynamic marking for, I don't know, eight bars, 10 bars, 12 bars, right? Mm -hmm. So that is where the more subjective, like interpretation, like how you want to uh, divide a certain uh, phrase. So in other words, so, you know, a phrase can be, you know, that, that's kind of like a division of, of, a, music, of a musical line. And so okay. how, how you want to approach that, you see, because that, that's the reason why you can hear one piece played by five different pianists and you're going to get, you're likely going to get something different. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that all five pianists just completely deviated from the composer score? No, but some of the execution of the, mm -hmm. instru of the composer's instructions that mm -hmm. will that will differ and that and that's why sometimes you know you'll have you like the, you have like those critics corner girls critics shows you know where where mm -hmm. they where they they'll like listen to something say oh i like this interpretation oh i don't really like this interpretation or you know oh mm -hmm. i like this piece a little bit i like that passage a little bit faster or i'll like the or if you break it down even further into like orchestral things it's like oh well i like more flutes there or i like more trumpet there see that that's that, that's the subject. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> I see. Well, do you ever find yourself in total opposition to what the composer has written and in, including their instructions and you say, you know what, they really missed the mark on that one. It, it ought to be another kind of way. Do you ever do that? No, I, I don't think I've ever been in like total, total opposition. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, particularly not with the with the great composers, you know, where this stuff has been, you know, I, I'm more likely to be in opposition if I hear how somebody interprets it and say, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have done that there. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, because when the, because, because again, you know, you it kind of there's a certain core that is that it, that you have to that you have to hold the integrity of because that's mm -hmm. that was coming from the inside of the composer. And you mm. and you go it out now. You know that's not now. There's there are some composers. I say I just don't like the, I just don't like what they write. You know, mm -hmm. I, he just mm -hmm. might not be for me. 
Yeah. Right. You know, just just it's just as as a lot of us listen to songs, and some of us like a certain kind of music, some of us mm-hmm. uh, like like a different one. Right. Uh, but you know, most of the time, if I ain't if I if I'm not really feel particularly feeling unless I have to, you know, I I I don't really play it. <laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> you know, well, that makes a lot it, of it, sense. It's just, it, it, but again, it's it's a preference thing. It's a preference. Yeah. Thing. yeah. So, what are your preferences? Who who do you like? What kind of music really appeals to you? Well, I have been broadening my horizons over the past re- recent years. Where it all started was the classical. Okay. Classical music was like, that was pretty much, that's always going to be my home base. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with, with the greats of Beethoven, which is, if anybody that knows me for five minutes knows that that is my, my absolute favorite composer. Mm-hmm. He's one of our greatest geniuses, you know, around. Um, you get to the Beethovens and then the Mozarts, the Bachs, the Chopins, you know, all you know, all all of all, all of that has always been that's always going to be closest to my heart. But then I started to kind of branch out and it and it started with the Beatles. And oh. I started at what point at what point you did you discover the Beatles? Because you're much too young for the you know for the Beatles to be part of your, you know current you know, part of your childhood yes so. well they it was thanks to cbs i think it was cbs they did a 50th anniversary special mm-hmm. uh back in february of 2014 and okay. for, well, it was the 50th anniversary of when the beatles first made their appearance on the ed sullivan show yes and so i happened to be watching it that night and so mm-hmm. I heard, you know, some of their things and a couple of things caught my ear. It's like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's because I, I knew about the Beatles, but I didn't, because there, it's like, we all hear like music in passing that we may not like, you know, pay like full attention to. Yes. So then I, I, you know, I heard them singing. I saw her standing there and Hey Jude. And then it's like, I started listening to that. I said, huh, you know, that, that's, yeah, that's, I said, yeah, I kind of like that. So then I started listening to that and that was it. I was hooked. Oh, okay. And so did you start just listening to the music first and, and or did you go out and buy sheet music or, you know? Yeah. Well, I didn't happened? go out and buy any sheet music. I just, uh, I just started to, I just started to listen to it. I just okay. to listened to it more and more. And, you know, when the Beatles became the music of my twenties and, and it's really funny because my dad, mm-hmm. they, they, they were the, they were act the, the music of his actual twenties, you yeah, know, yes. yeah. so like, <laughs> He and I, it's, it's really funny. We ended up, you know, what we, you know, we share, we share our love of the Beatles because they kind of came <sighs> into our lives at the same time. So that's that interesting. Real branching out. Um, yeah. you know, I think the Beatles were like just the greatest, one of the greatest, you know, rock band of all time. And, mm. so, but from there, uh, you know, I started to, you know, kind of listen to, you know, different genres, you know, to, you know, pay and just, I think my musical awareness kind of opened up. And, you know, mm-hmm. now I'm able to, you know, at least appreciate, you know, the different genres because it's like, even if I, even if it's not like my personal flavor, I can appreciate, especially uh, the music of the older decades, just how great it was. I mean, the music and- 60s and 70s, you know, the 60s were probably, they did, they, that's, they like the golden decade. Of Why music. do you say that? What, what's, what's so appealing? Because the music, it was, it was across different genres. It was so many hits that was it. The, was it the messaging through the music, or is it the sound of the, the sound of the music, the styles? I mean, what? I, I would say it was it was a little bit of all of those things. Hmm. But the songs were were of such quality 
that they today you don't even have to have been born then but you heard that you but you've heard things you've mm. heard these things from, from from that era you know it's it, it you know it's just uh it, it's just really um you know amazing just how many you know because i kind of judge a song by okay how long is it going to last Mm-hmm. And so there are still things, you know, from the 60s and mid 70s, like, you know, all, all you know, not just the Beatles, but really, I mean, you know, this thing about the 60s, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, Beach Boys, you know, uh, it, it, you know, you could just, you could just go on. And in the 70s, you mm-hmm. had all the Motown, you, mm-hmm. you had all of that. And, and again, these things, you know, that, yeah, we weren't born back then, but it's like everybody who hasn't heard, you know, the Temptations. Right. Yeah. who hasn't heard you know who hasn't heard you know something by you know about it by the uh uh by the, by the beach boys you know or the, or the mm. Beatles, or you know it's like it's it's, it's i can just kind of go down it's just a whole list of, of hits that came that you still hear on commercials you still that's hear that's true it's like the background of our lives now you hear a lot of those earth wind and fire you know yeah. you hear those kinds of uh songs now Compare today's popular music, because what you're identifying is popular music from those, those eras, compare today's, and how would you classify or define today's popular music? What is that like? <sighs> well, you know, I have become a little bit of the grumpy old man of the day talking about <laughs> pop music. Yeah, you're so young. Bless you. <laughs> but I, the way the way I talk about it, I sound like I'm I'm much I, I'm you know 70 years old. But mm-hmm. I I uh, the quality I find I often find myself disappointed because the quality you know that it just in terms of melody and chord has you know the you know the has diminished so. Since you know, you know, in comparison to you know to to the previous decades, uh, and that just the overall um, creative creativity, imagine being imaginative, making things that aren't so repetitive and 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 such, you know, it, it's it, there's there was something that was lost, um, you know, that you know today, you know, you're you're kind of hard pressed to find a song that has more than three you know individual three unique chords in there Hmm. um so you're actually talking about the structure of the music and you're saying because the structure is so simplistic that it's it's it doesn't measure up to past eras yeah yes and and you know and folks you know for you know folks will you know i've i've been in i've been in spirited debates with folks you mm-hmm. know over, over this over this issue because uh it's not so much a thing of where you say oh well in order for a pop song to be good it has to have it has to have four chords or five chords it's not so mm-hmm. much that as you know what you're doing with okay. and that if it has four chords okay what are you doing with them with what are you doing with the melody because yes they're great pop songs, you know. It's just like the Beatles, "Let It Be." You know, they that, mm-hmm. that whole song was they built on four chords. But okay. you know, because you had ding dum bum bum dum dum bum bum, you know, which is what you hear so you know ad nauseum today. But you know what was mm-hmm. you know what was it that made it stick? But they had the melody. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what made it memorable 
Whereas today, you may hear those same do dee da dee da dee, and you'll hear on top na na da 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 na da 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 da. So it sounds formulaic. Say that again. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, recording this at home, phone rang. Um, <laughs> cut across that line. Are you saying then that the music is so formulaic? I mean, that it it doesn't leave room for creative element to to. Well, I, just structurally, I know a little teeny bit about music, and I know that there are major and minor chords. That much I can identify. It sounds to me like everything's in a flat out major and that there's there are no subtleties behind you know the, the music. You're absolutely right. I, your heart, you, you know, if I hear a minor chord in a pop song today, I'm like, yay. I said, oh, I said, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I said, you don't hear that chord anymore, you know, because it, mm -hmm. you, you're right. It's like, because even and even within the major mode, the interspersion of those minor keys to make to make something to make something uh, to, to make something a little bit more nuanced, a little, you know, add a, to add a little bit more color to it. Mm -hmm. You can't even find that anymore half of the time. Because then again, you know, because like when folks hear me talk about this, they think that oh, I need, I, I want all pop music to sound like to sound to sound like classical music. No, not it's not that. But all music uses uh, different er different elements. You know, okay, you know, you put a major chord here and then you put a minor chord there to make it say, you know, it just makes it sound to make it sound sweeter. Or you might do, you may you may go to a chord a, a different a different chord that may not be part of a key. I won't may I won't get to I won't I won't get bogged down the technical details of that. But you know, there's just but there's something that that can kind of you know help to you know the color it. See all of those things. It it is it's just you don't you don't hear. Mm -hmm much anymore and well, let me ask you this now in past times music we say reflects the period of time where people live our music now is not that emotional in a sense i mean it's in, it can be intense i say our i'm not <laughs> contributing to that but you know the popular music is um it can be intense i'm looking at you know rap which has very, very little melody that I'm able to discern. Um, but the nuances, the moods that would lead you from one emotion to another, you know, I, I, I think that's kind of the function of music. So when, when you look at our, our, pop, our popular culture overall, what's your observation about the culture? And do you see a connection between the culture and and the way music is being expressed now. You know, I really, you know, and again, I'm not, you know, I don't count myself as any kind of a sociologist or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I have really kind of been scratching my head at about like, you know, the, what the, the reflection of the culture and then whether there is a connection to, you know, to why the music you know the, why the music sounds what it what the way it does, and you know I am not entirely sure because it's not like we just stopped having you know emotional times and emotional moments and mm -hmm. and things, um, but I do not know whether our culture 
See, because I, I I don't like to really like put our culture like in the box, say, oh, well, those fa- we can't, you know, my generation can't appreciate or can't, you know, can't, mm-hmm. you know, can't do it because I believe that we can. But it could just be a function of, you know, whatever is going on in, in the accord, uh, the recording industry. Mm-hmm. And perhaps mm-hmm. the culture, you know, musically, because again, you know, we're still emotionally, we're going through stuff just like, just like ever, just like ever before. Uh, mm-hmm. every every generation has their you know has has their trials and their struggles mm-hmm. but we just seem to you know kind of like you know uh settle for the mediocre when it comes to music okay. and again this may not this isn't you know i i can't really i really can't really speak for you know for you know for a whole culture that that's a that's mm-hmm. a that's a big thing but uh big question you know, it's like it's a it's a bit it's it's a it's a big thing. So I could I could not really tell you really mm-hmm. why I can only I can only observe from the you know the at the standpoint of you know what's going on musically and what seems to be lacking um, in the uh, what you know recording industry is putting out. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like people are just you know whatever because it's popular. You know, you listen to it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, somebody could could very well be introduced to music of another decade and say, "Wow, this you know they you know we don't you know people don't people aren't writing stuff like this." Oh, well, maybe maybe things will shift a little bit, and perhaps maybe someone's already doing that with independent music because you know if you've got a phone and uh, and access to the internet, you can download some sort of app to make music. So. Let's see what happens. And I have no doubt that there there is good music out there, and there's plenty mm-hmm. of it. It mm-hmm. just has a lot of trouble bubbling to the surface. Because, mm. You know, one of the things people, oh well, Brian, you know, you talk about pop music, but you know, but yeah, but there, there's there's music out there. But I, so I was like, yes, that yes, I'm I'm sure that there is. The problem is, it's not mm. it, it's not getting it's not getting into the top twenty top ten twenty thirty mm. forty. You know, it's not getting out into the air because before it's like I say, well, you know, do you really, should you really have to dig that deep to find music? Whereas in previous decades, it was just there. A number mm-hmm. one, meant, okay, it was, it was a great song. It was quiet. Mm-hmm. They a number one hit. Well, it can just be from a popular artist. You know, it doesn't have to be particularly, you know, you know, lasting. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, a, a particular quality. It's like if the artist is popular, people hear it, and it's like, okay, you know that, you know, that's it. And mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I've, I've, like I said, this, these, I've had like these, these discussions with folks. You know, some that are very uh, uh, passionate in their defense of pop uh-huh. because some people will talk to me and they think that I'm just, you know, I'm just attacking. I'm just trying to bring down pop pop music. It's like, well, no, it's like it's mm-hmm. it, it's just a you know a recognition of you know of the of of things that 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 uh, are just lacking because mm-hmm. no matter what era you're in, there are just certain things about music that will just make things la- that make things last, it, and it can be various things. Um, it can be a baseline, you know, it's just like, you, you, you know, it's like you, you get MC Hammer, it's like, boom, 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 boom. So what's going on musically there? What's, what's your ear drawn to? That baseline, right? Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. that that was mm-hmm. that's why that song why that's why yeah. that song lasted lasted. You you know you think about Bill Withers and the lovely day. It's like mm-hmm. you know having that lovely day. You know that that long mm-hmm. that long drum. That's why that's why that lasted. Mm-hmm. So if the song oh, if the song doesn't have something that sets it apart, mm-hmm. what I think is is miss is is missing. You see that. That that you know that may be the re- that that could be the reason. And you mentioned rap a little a few minutes ago. That even with that, that you know it was never really the melody with rap, but it's the beat. But melodically, I think the thing with rap is like it's what it's what's going on in the background. You see, mm-hmm. and see. So when you hear when you when you hear uh, there are certain certain rap songs that I'm almost sure they they lasted because of what was because of the repet what was going on in the background that it was repetitive but distinctive at the same time, you know. Hmm. Well, which, which may account for some of the sampling that went on. I don't know if I don't listen to it, but um, I'm pretty aware that you know sampling was one of the things that propelled. Uh, rap or kind of supported it because those very elements that you're talking about that came from a previous era were the those little foundational pieces that they you know built into the the newer music so it's all connected and you know we'll just see what happens next which is my question for you what what are your next plans what's happening next Yes, yes, that's that's been the million dollar question for me the past couple of years. Because I think I I think I'm still you know at a point where you know I'm still trying to kind of search to see exactly musically where where I'm going to end up. But mm-hmm. I do know that I intend to uh, jump fully into um, composition and arranging, which is mm-hmm. you know the arranging being something that I've always I've, I'm already kind of that that I've already kind of been doing. But mm-hmm. now I am looking to, you know, just kind of start to educate myself, read more about form and, you know, music, different aspects of composition um, and, and being able to employ those things and start and start creating music. That's mm-hmm. like that's like the overall that's like the overall thing. Um, and I certainly, you know, once the pandemic passes, you know, I, I, I seem to you know, have, have a, have a certain desire to teach older adults, well, and adults, period, music, mm-hmm. uh, teaching piano, and so. Now, that's I, a challenge, though, isn't it? You know, what, what's your feeling about, you know, older people, stiff fingers, and, you know, slow, <laughs> slower response time? Well, we'll see, well, my, you know, the way I look at that is that, that no matter how slow it may be, um, you're, it, it's, you're still working the brain, and it's still mm-hmm. making new connections. And I mm-hmm. think that that is um, very therapeutic, um, especially for the aging brain to kind of keep it active. Right. And, and also too, you know, it's just that <clears throat> I, I don't think I have run into a person yet that used to play piano as a child, but mm-hmm. regret not going back to it. Mm-hmm. Because folks will say, yeah, I, 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 started, I played piano when I was. You got a student. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. So, it, so, I, so it was because it, there's always a desire if they they ever touched an instrument, they ever picked up an instrument that, oh my gosh, I wish I had not put it yeah. down. Yes. Yeah. And so, and I, I, so, and also, you know, I, I find it, 
um, I find it to be much more of a of a joy because see, with working with children, particularly the littlest ones, I tried that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that was had its own challenge, and the, probably the mm-hmm. most challenging thing I found was that you know having to break down the language. Mm, okay. and I teach better by illustration than I do, you know, trying to, but I have to break it down into their language. And then you have to, you know, you, you have to kind of do it like that. Now, my, my teacher who taught me, Dr. O'Hare, he, he's a, uh, he's a professor and current, I think he may be the current, uh, I think he still, he runs the music department at Howard University now. And mm-hmm. so he, uh, yeah, he had a, re- a real gift for working. He has a real gift for working with kids and teaching, teaching children. So I think that part of it, and, and, so, and some of the people that I went to school with also have that gift. But mm-hmm. you know, I found that mine, it, it kind of functions a, a little bit differently. Okay. And so I find that, you know, if I, as, the less I have to break down language to like, you know, to element to really like, you know, kid le- to kid level, the, the mm-hmm. more easier I can teach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I got, I, you know, I started thinking about teaching older adults when uh, a choir member of mine who, you know, was, she's very good, sing, you know, very, very good ear. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I started to teach her piano. Okay. And so, and, and my gosh, I mean, and, and I, and I, you know, enjo- enjoyed it. And she was one of the best students I ever had. Cause like she mm. she actually made progress. See, and that's the other thing. See, if you already have the talent there, you can be you you can come back to an instrument when you're 60, 70 years old or, or older. But the talent is there, mm. still develop it. Because there is a person that I know that he he took up the trombone just a couple of years ago at age 64 or 63 now. I guess he is about three years ago. He mm. took up the trombone. And he has been. He has been developing. He's been getting mm. better. He has started to play in church. So, wow. if, okay. you, if the talent, especially if the talent is already there, then mm. it it just takes it just takes nurturing, and it gives you something, uh, you know, to 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 you know the kind of uh work on and to kind of you know get you know the to kind of get your brain to 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 keep working. Because, you know, when you start talking about, you know, finger independence and all of that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it works wonders for the brain. I'm not, I, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, uh, a medical, you know, the, the justice just from, you know, what, what I, what, you know, you observe, because it's like, even when folks are, are older, even when, even, and even if, you know, they get to the unfortunate stages of, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that music. Uh, still stays. I, I will never forget when I I was just watching. You know what what I love about technology is we have access to all these videos and all of these. You know everything. Right. Uh, and there was this lady. She was a uh, prima ballerina back in her youth. And mm-hmm. this was this video was taken a time. Not it wasn't too long before she passed. Unfortunately, passed away. She was she was old. She was you know she was like an 80s or 90s. I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure how old she was. But anyway. Um, and she had, you know, Alzheimer's, it was either Alzheimer's or dementia, but they showed her sitting in this chair, but when they started to play Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake, and that goes like, she started to, you know, you know, do those motions. It animated her. Yeah. And she was doing the motions that, you know, it, it all came coming back to her. 
that. Oh my goodness. That she, you know, and she, and so she still remembered that. So see, you know, not only does it keep the brain going, even when the brain's not going, not going so well, guess what? The music doesn't go away. Mm. It's that's the, the ultimate gift. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so important that we keep it in our, in our society and pay attention to it. Yes. And that, and that is the other thing too, that is, I, I believe is part of my next um, it is trying to restore um, our society's awareness, especially the younger generation of the great music of the past eras, past centuries, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in church, talking about church music and this is this is a desire that's shared by many of us like i said i mentioned marco merrick and uh and i've also had talks with another great organist of the area uh patrick alston um about uh as a matter of fact marco merrick he has the uh, community concert choir of baltimore okay. and that's you know and trying to <clears throat> keep that keep the great music of the church alive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. has been one of what it has has been of a very uh, of importance to them and it's and and the more as the longer I go I you know that 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 I you know look at things it's like it's become important to me as well because I see this music that trying to fade out of people trying to fade the music out of this of the church all the great hymns all the great anthems all even spirituals which you know are kind of like a heart to you know for particularly to us as African Americans Yes. <laughs> and you know people are you know you're starting to see those less and less mm -hmm. and you're starting to see people you know become less and less you know particularly in my generation to not to not know those things and then you, you not not to you know know what those things are mm -hmm. and so you know somehow or another we have got to turn the tide of this and bring this thing and bring these things because these things there, it's like, and it's not to say that contemporary gospel can't still be worshipful, that it can't still mm -hmm. be soulful. But the thing is, there's a reason why these anthems and the spirituals have lasted for as long as they have. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. see, I do not believe that these things last for hundreds of years just to get to our little our little piece of the timeline in mm -hmm. the 2010s and 2020s that all of a sudden, oh, yeah, no, it's just not there. Mm -mm. Because I, I I don't buy that because you know we are still spiritual human beings, and you know we still and 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 we still need, um, you know the certain you know the you know all kinds of music, and then when yes. and then when you're talking about God's word and uh, the exp the expression of the theology in music, mm -hmm. yes you need it, and and there was one pastor. Uh, I was, I was, gosh, I, I'm, I am blanking on the name of the, of the church where I was now. Uh, but this was a couple, a couple of years ago, there were these two brothers, they did a, they did a, a series called bring back the hymns. And it was these two young dudes, they were like my age, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe just a little bit older. Uh, and the whole, and the whole thing and the whole service was, was, was hymns. They did them in mm -hmm. like, in a, in a, like, kind of like a, uh, energetic way, but they were okay. the hymns and, one thing, and the pastor stood up, and again, I, I, I am, I, I will, I will, I will let you know 
when I, <laughs> I think about what the, what the name of the church, because it was a, a church in Baltimore. Uh, but I just can't remember now, now what the name of it was. But anyway, so this guy, he got up and he said, you know what? Uh, you know, contemporary, you know, like modern gospel is the fire, but the hymns are the, are the wood. Mm. You see, mm. the hymns that's very are, insightful. Because so, 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 so you can't have fire if you don't mm. have the wood. There you go. Hymns, because of the way that the, the way that the spiritual truths were were expressed, the way that mm-hmm. God's word was expressed in the hymns, what in hymns, it's very it's it's it's, it's very uh, it's a different kind of power and it's a different kind of uh, consciousness. It's yes. a different kind of consciousness. Yes, and it's a different kind of foundation because be so. In other words, all of the all of the you know the the you know the uh, the, the contemporary, you know, <laughs> all of that has its place. It does have its place. Mm-hmm. However, there are times where you need to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, and so, you know, you, that, that's why you, you have to have that thing. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. churches have made the mistake of saying, oh, well, if we want to bring young people in, we got to just do away with we can't, we can't do all these anthems or we can't do all these spirituals just to bring the young people in. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the, but the thing is, I'm not, sh- I am not convinced that age has anything to do with, with whether somebody appreciates or whether somebody can be blessed by uh, mm-hmm. the anthems. And I just certainly don't think it plays in, it has anything to do with like, okay, well, if you're a certain age, you just, you, the today's culture, you just don't need, you just don't need the hymns anymore. Mm-mm. Because you see, you know, the word, the word of God is timeless for one thing. And so it gets, that's the reason that, um, that, you know, any, any hymns that kind of delve into and express those truths in, in a more detailed and in a deep, in, in a deeper way, Mm-hmm. That would never go out of style either, because see, I'm I've always been a big proponent of you know you have everything you know if a church you you can do you can do this the, the come out of stuff that's fine, but then you get those spirituals in there, get mm-hmm. those anthems in there. So you want to keep the awareness yeah. and, and plant those seeds, and give folks a variety of experiences, and uh, you know they'll come back to it as they as they get older but they'll have an awareness of it kind of like playing the piano when you're seven and then coming back to it when you're 70 the scene was in there <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay well you are a classically trained musician and just tell us briefly where you uh received your training okay so uh so going back to the beginning, so like I said, so I, I was, I took piano lessons at the Nathan Carter School of Music all the way up through high school, first mm-hmm. semester of college. Um, that was basically, yeah, so that was basically like kind of like the body, you know, that's where my training, I, I you know, my, my, my dear teacher, Dr. O'Hare, that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Power University, he pretty much, ra- he raised me on, 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 on the piano. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and so after that, uh, I spent some time at Essex Community College, well, about Community College, Baltimore County, Essex, Essex branch. Um, I studied under Joe Teeter there for about three years um, and, you know, learned, learned a lot there. And then mm-hmm. I went to Towson. And that mm-hmm. was where I studied with the late, but great, uh, Reynaldo Reyes. 
and anybody you know his name is is, is another name that's that's very well known uh you know the, uh, both you know both here and abroad actually because mm-hmm. he was a concert you know he was a concert pianist and even mm-hmm. up to his last day and studying under him was probably the most impactful on me mm-hmm. uh, i thank god every day uh, yeah i thank god for that you know uh every time i think about it because it's like he he really changed the way that I went about practice. He he kind of really planted some 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 stuff in me about mm-hmm. you know the the you know how to approach practice, how to actually think mm-hmm. about what you're doing. You see, and that was that was the that was the piece right there. Like you know you, how you're viewing this, and you know he was a master sight reader. I mean, the dude could, could pick. It, it, it didn't matter how difficult the thing was; he could just pick it up and just go, you know, and you know, just just like just like nothing. And so he he was he was one of the one of the best you know ranked one of the best pianists in the world. And he had you know he had just performed all over. Uh, he had performed you know all. 32 Beethoven sonatas and such, you know, but, you know, it, it was just, you know, he, he, he just had just, was just a fantastic, brilliant pianist, but yeah, but studying under him, I probably grew more in those three and a half years than I, than I had previously. Mm. Um, because again, he, he was all about, okay, how, how are you thinking about this? And then he would say, okay, well now when you're practicing, okay, you, you know, in order to get it into your brain, you have to do this, you have to do that. All right, think of this this way. Uh, you know, with sight reading, it's like he, he broke it down. And, and again, sight reading has always been, was always my weakness and it still, mm-hmm. I, and it still is a weakness. So, so when I, and when I, and you know, for anybody that doesn't know what sight reading is, it's basically, it's, basically, it's, it's literally you sit down and you get out a piece of music and then you read from and you read directly from it. Without, and you play without practicing, you play directly with the notes are on the page. Yes, exactly. Okay. So and that's quite a skill. Yes. And it is probably something that that I have had to continue to work on because it, mm-hmm. ha- it has it has kind of it, it, it has been a you know a challenge. I mean, even to this day, it's like I'm I'm much more comfortable without music in front of me than okay. I am with it in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, well, so- I have observed as from your tapes, which we want to talk about, um, that you will have music in front of you and you seem to refer to it, um, it you know, just kind of as a, a, a little bit of a GPS to kind of give you a sense of where you are in the song, because your your playing of it, which is what captured my attention, is it's it has integrity. I, um, it's emotionally, I'd say, pure. Um, what you're feeling, at least I think that's what I'm seeing, is what's being expressed. Um, and and I really want to encourage everyone to go to YouTube to see your, to listen, because we can't see you, but to listen to your playing of the, the Takata. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay, what is the full appropriate name of that piece? Actually, yes, it, it it is the Toccata from uh, uh, um, Charles Marie v, uh, Charles Marie Vidor um, Organ Symphony Number no. Five, and this was this was part of a large the, the Toccata was a part of a larger work, 
Uh, mm -hmm. Like the, the whole organ symphony. I don't know. I don't. I would have to check check to see how exactly how many movements. I think it was like maybe four movement, a four or five movement piece, and the mm -hmm. toccata was the finale, and that is what became so beloved from that. And I've actually seen other uh, organists presented as well but no one does it. And you write about the various interpretations. Your interpretation, almost, I have to sit down because it leaves, I'm ready to stretch out on the floor after it's over. <laughs> it, it is, it, it, it cleanses the soul. It is just so amazing to, to listen to your, um, to the notes and to the, the sound and the, the energy that comes from this instrument, which seems to be the size of the actual cathedral itself. I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, such yeah. power behind that. Yes, and you know, and that, and it's, 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 you know, and and again, you're talking about why things last, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. toccata was written back back in the 19th century, and yet here we are. It's mm -hmm. still, it's still beloved, but uh, but yes. Yeah, that that is that is actually one of just you know two or like uh, like actual organ repertoire pieces that I that I learned because I only I only took organ lessons at you know again this was at Nusha at at Nathan Carter School of Music for under uh, Dr. Samuel Springer that was also part of my training and folks from Morgan will know who he is because he's the he is the organ he is the uh, organist that you often see playing mm -hmm. with choir and such over there. Um, again, and Dr. Springer, again, just an, another uh, brilliant uh, organist. I mean, the dude, dude can play, they can, can play almost anything. And, uh, but anyway, so that was one of two pieces that I, that I learned uh, in my short study. Because after that, it was kind of like my focus kind of went more towards piano because that was what I was actually getting the degree in. Mm. And organ kind of, it, it, you know, I don't want to say it took a complete backseat because I was still playing in church. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I, the rest of it, I, uh, I just kind of started to, you know, maybe self-teach a little bit. So it was like never something that I put like my complete, complete energy in it. And and going forward, it's, cer it's certainly something that I need to, that I, you know, that I need to invest more time in. And and I am blessed enough to have full access to uh, one of the greatest organs in the in the city and in the area. Mm -hmm. The is the Aeolian Skinner organ. Uh, at St. Michael, at the Church of St. Michael and All Angels. That's my church where I have been playing for uh, the last eight years. Mm -hmm. And that is a very storied and a very, very, and that, that's another beloved organ. Like all organists will, will, you know, in the area will tell you exactly what that, what, what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got a long history, um, you know, as the church, because it was installed like in back in the early 60s. Um, and I believe, you know, that there, there was, there, there have been a lot of greats that have played on it, including, uh, Virgil Fox, uh, mm. and he was another prominent organist, of mm -hmm. of, of the 20th century, um, yes. and he helped to dedicate, he was at its dedicate, original dedication, um, but, yeah, but that organ, um, and, and I'll just put, I'll just, you know, kind of put this out, out, out there is that, you know, we've been trying, we were, we were actually before everything shut down with the pandemic, we were in the process of, um, trying to raise money 
for mm -hmm. the work to be done on the organ that needed to that needs to be done and it's and it's, mm -hmm. it's rather extensive and you can see how brilliant of an instrument it is because even despite all the work that needs to be done on it even in its diminished state you know that's that was the diminished state and yeah. then and okay that's number one and number two that's not, that wasn't your main focus that's kind of your, like your backseat talent oh my goodness <laughs> we want to make sure that everyone can find your your youtube channel so would you share please because folks need to hear this well i i my my youtube page is it's maestro BJWA and hang on I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna pull it up now to make sure I make sure I get this right hang on Ew, ew that's not it okay well yes. while you're checking I just you just want to uh, let the viewers and listeners know that you have several um, offerings and they're all wonderful. Uh, and it's, it appears that you were taking live requests at the time that you were doing the um, the piano selections from your church. So do you plan on doing that again in the future? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, de I definitely do because I can tell you that was actually pandemic uh, induced because the, <laughs> the, particularly the first couple of times because i was not we weren't even having services at all we, we weren't doing anything virtual yet mm -hmm. uh because i think that was at the time where we along you know as 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 everyone else was we were just trying to figure out exactly how we were going to um function <laughs> and so yes. in the meantime it was just it was it was just such a strange thing for me not to be playing on mm -hmm. Sunday. And when you are a minister of music, when you are a church musician, and you're unable to, you know, play, you know, to, to play for folks and to play on, on, you know, or, you know, for services, I don't know, it just did not, it didn't feel right. And so mm -hmm. I just said, you know what, I said, you know, I, 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 and again, I've never really liked recording myself because again, that perfectionism kind of leaks in there. Mm -hmm. It's like, when I hear myself again, it's like, oh, what was that? You know, but, you know, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was just something that, you know, I just said, you know, I'll just, I'm just going to kind of go and, you know, it could, it could have been the spirits leading because uh, mm -hmm. again, you, you, trust me, it's not something I ordinarily did back then. Uh, oh. And so and you were listening to spirit spirit told you what to do. And I'm really glad to hear you say you're going to do it again. Uh, because you the your feedback to the requests coming in. It's like it was like a delayed conversation, but it was definitely a conversation. And then the pleasure that you took in playing, and then the skill that you bring, and the enjoyment that you're having is just so enjoyable. So I want to encourage everyone to go to did you find so, it? so we you type in uh, maestro bjwa but really all, all you just type in my name brian alston b-r-y-a-n-a-l-s-t-o-n okay um and you know it'll 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 come up if you you will see because on my page i have both uh current and old recordings mm -hmm. uh, i had my first recordings hang on yeah, my first recordings were actually of my senior recital back in 2014. 
Okay. Had. And actually, you will see the great Ronaldo Reyes playing alongside me in one of those videos. Hmm, I hadn't seen that one. I'm going to look for that one. Yes, if you look on that, you look on the rest of the, on the rest of the page. You know, I have my whole recital there where I play like a variety of, the, of various composers. There's Chopin. Um, there is List. Um, I had a couple of make sure I put a couple of African American composers in there. Scott Joplin. Okay. That did his Maple Leaf rag, and also mm -hmm. um, Nathaniel Dett, who was a, a, another African American compo choral choral composer, as well as he, as well as pia, pia, pianist. And so, I have some. I had to make sure I put those in there. And there's also some uh, another video of me playing the harpsichord, which was <laughs> that was that 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 was that was a a, a fun adventure because uh, harpsichord. Yes. Wow, the, you step back into the past for that. What was that like? Ha! It was it was very so because the harpsichord that was the you know for anybody that doesn't know you know that was basically the predecessor to the mm -hmm. piano, and mm -hmm. with the harpsichord, uh, it was something where the strings were plucked by mm -hmm. a mechanism so that when you hit a key, it would it would it would pluck like ping. You know, just it like how when you're playing when you're playing a an actual oh. harp and you yes. see, see them plucking the strings, you know what I mean? And you know, yes. the string. well, that concept was turned into the harpsichord that had the keyboard there mm -hmm. you know, and all the plucking motion and all that. So the main difference was that no dynamic, you don't have a whole lot of dynamic range. So when you when you hit that note, it just goes like ping. Right. It. You see. And so your, your 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 dynamic range came from you know you know playing if some harpsichords look like little organs and they had like like multiple rows of keys or okay. what we what we call manuals. Okay. And so you know that would be like how if you want to go you know the, another row might be a little bit softer than the other one, but that was your dynamics. Okay. So, but you know, so it's a, it's a different approach that you have to take because again there are there's no like. There's no modulation. Well, 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 well now modulation return re refers more to key to like actually changing the key, as opposed to, okay. as a, as opposed to um, you know dynamic dynamic range. You know because um, because yeah you could because you know you could still once harpsichords were perfected, uh, you were able to you know you know play in all of the key all of the different keys. It took a it took a little while to get there though. And that, that's another. That's a whole. That's a whole other. That's a whole other discussion that I'm not. I am not fully fully equipped to expound on right right now. But um, anyway, so that was a, that was interesting. That was interesting because I, I took lessons that semester and you know just trying to learn how to you know feeling the pluck underneath your fingers. It was very. It was very strange for mm. me because you know, it really does literally, literally feel like. You know, bling, 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 you know, but and you actually feel it on your fingertips as you play you know, the keys. As, yes, as you depress the key. So mm. you're playing it when you know, like if you if you hit a piano key, you just feel like the bottom of the keyboard, right? It's right, like, right. So it's like you don't get that. You don't get that feedback. You don't have that. That that. So it's a it's a little bit more uh, resistance. Okay. And also, too, you don't have what you would call the damper pedal that when you sit mm -hmm. a note on the piano and it just and it just stays as you press down the pedal. Okay. Well, you don't have that on the on that on the harpsichord, you see, so you have to do mm -hmm. other things to try and uh, create some some uh, some more body, some more uh, body, some more cut from some more uh, uh, res resonance and things. And so 
that that was a very that was probably one of the one of the more interesting semesters uh having mm. yeah so they so you still see that on there uh as as well and they, so that that was you know that that was uh you know i i really you know thank god for that recital because that that was you know because i was able to just to you know to do that play a play a you know beethoven piano concerto which was mm -hmm. you know, again you'll see my you'll see my teacher there uh because he was playing mm -hmm. the, what was the orchestra what they would do what they would do is that you know if you don't have an orchestra there for the piano concerto and then and for anybody that doesn't know that's a piano concerto is when you um when you have the piano and then you have the orchestra behind you okay and it and that you have the interaction between the or the orchestra and the uh and the and the piano yeah, i mean probably okay. what i'm just trying to think of a oh like Tchaikovsky, da 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 ba da 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 boom bling bling boom bling. That yeah, that that's mm -hmm. a okay. And so, okay. you know what they would do is that they would just they would just uh, reduce the orchestral parts to a piano part. And so you know that's yeah, so that's yeah, so that's all that's on there. Like I said, I, I'm I'm only just getting into growing into the uploading. The most recent thing that I did was uh, um. I did, I paid tribute to Beethoven because it was Beethoven's 200 200 birthday year, yeah, and so he turned 200 uh, back in December, and so the whole year, well, eh, before the pandemic, there were going to be a whole lot of various celebrations, uh, mm. and I was I was actually you know planning on going over to uh, to to Europe to go to mm. because uh, I was going to go with my uncle who. Unfortunately, sadly, he passed away um, mm -hmm. earlier last year. Ed Myers, he was an, a, another great musician that I that I looked up to. And you know, we have family, we have you know some some cousins over there, and okay. so we were gonna go to Frankfurt, and I was gonna take the take the train up to Bonn and visit the uh, the museum, Beethoven Museum, and mm -hmm. all of that. But anyway, mm -hmm. so I played, I recorded the sonata, um, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Moonlight, the Moonlight Sonata. You know this, yes. you know. So and that and that was that and so that that was the most recent thing I did. So you know, like I said, so it's not like a ton of stuff on there yet, but there there will be there will be more to come. <laughs> well, what's there is beautiful and quality and uh, in spirit. And um, Brian, we could talk forever. Um, you're just fascinating, and your your work um, as a pianist and really as an ambassador of music is really going to have great, great impact as it has already on the community. So I'm just wishing you the very best. I would like for you to say hi to your mom for me. Oh, I know I, she's, I, certainly will. I know she is ecstatic because her soror is now the vice president of the United States. Oh my gosh, she's been skiing yes. all day. <laughs> yeah, still, still sporting my pearls here. Oh, oh, um, are, you, are you AKA too? Oh yeah, no, no, but in honor, in honor. That's awesome. Well, yeah, well, thank you. Yes. You know, I, um, you know, yeah, I, I am just set to, to go about this, the work that God gives me, mm -hmm. the gift that he gives me um and you know really all glory goes to him because I, I i you know i have to look to him every day uh and he and he just graciously just blesses me and i just and i i just go with it and i do you know to fully you know embrace all that he's given me and i know that you know whatever change that that he wants that that he that he wants to make through me you know that i i'm i'm just i'm just gonna follow it 
and go. And I just, you know, I'm just so thankful to, to, you know, to be able to do, to do uh, what I've been able to do, you know? Well, you're going to do even greater things because you are listening, you're following spirit and you're clearly appreciative of your gifts. So, you know, that just keeps the door open and you are, you're so generous with sharing your gifts, which means, you know, the more you give, the more you receive. So I thank you again, Brian. I can't believe we're just meeting for the first time. I feel like we, you know, we've known each other for a while, but this is the first time. Well, me and And my mother are are a lot alike. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) very true, (laughs) very true, very true. Give her a hug for me. Say hi to your dad and your, and your brother. And I invite you to uh, come back again, you know, anytime, you know, I could talk about music all day, you know, you know, (laughs) that's wonderful so thank you so much have a a great evening and and hugs to you blessings god bless you god bless you bye-bye